Hi everyone. Thank you for joining me today on the Full Circle podcast. In this episode, we'll be exploring a very important topic, a topic that I hope will inspire you to heal, grow and become a healthier, more balanced version of you. What we'll be discussing today is the journey of reconnecting with your inner child. Each of us has a child residing deep inside us, one that is a direct descendant of the child we once were. Your inner child lives in your unconscious mind and influences how you make choices, respond to challenges and lead your life. We tend to leave that inner child behind as we keep up with our busy lives as adults. In reconnecting with the inner child, we can establish a deeper level of self-awareness that allows us to achieve a more wholesome life and a clear understanding of who we really are. My guest today is the phenomenal Ty Hunter. Ty is a rapid transformational therapist who specializes in helping her clients reveal their childhood trauma through hypnotherapy and talk therapy so that they can truly heal and live a happier life. In this episode, Ty discusses how listeners can connect with their inner child to heal their past traumas and learn to trust their inner voice. Reconnecting with your inner child allows you to forgive and introduce joy, curiosity and wonder back into your life. I'm certain that my conversation with Ty will shine a light on your own childhood experiences, highlighting doors to healing and happiness that you never knew were there. Ty, thank you so much for joining me today. So welcome, Ty. Really lovely to speak to you today. And thank you so much for being a guest on Full Circle Finding Your Way Home podcast. How are you feeling about our conversation today? Well, having just spoken to you, I feel amazing because you have a beautiful energy, Jillian. <laughs> thank you. And so do you too. It's so nice well, to kind of <laughs> get together. <laughs> so I wanted to talk to you today because our theme for our conversation is reconnecting with your inner child. And I know that you're a certified RTT hypnotherapist. Yes. And you've helped clients, lots of clients, um, from what I can make out, in I suppose, revealing their childhood trauma through hypnotherapy and talk therapy as well, and giving them those tangible ways to live a happier, healthier life. Mm. Just tell us a little bit more about your experience as a RTT hypnotherapist. I absolutely love RTT hypnotherapy. It is a, it's so incredibly different. With therapy, and I am an advocate of therapy, there is a person that comes in and they talk about their current circumstances and they're sort of beating their head against the wall because they can't understand why, why they do the things they do. And, and interestingly enough, that's usually the question, like, why am I here? Why do I keep doing this? I don't understand what these patterns are. How do I change? I've been doing everything. And they really have. People do everything. They do the YouTube videos. They show up every week for therapy. They do all of the work. And the problem is, is that whatever we are living in our current circumstances is something that happened, whatever limiting belief or pattern is something that happened 20, 30, 40 years ago, and we are unconsciously living through it. 
So the beauty and what I absolutely adore of RTT hypnotherapy is the only way for change is to get into that unconscious. So it takes people back into their subconscious and we then examine the childhood wound. So going back into that inner child and understanding what the cause, root and reason for why they're living with that limiting belief, understanding and gaining clarity on that limiting belief so that we can then finally change it, change it into an empowering belief. And it's, it's the only way. The only way to have real change is to get into that subconscious and get into that inner child and reconnect with that because without it, you can't heal, you can't progress. It's really interesting because I know that you've had your own journey that's taking you to this place in terms of now where you're helping others. And I wondered what kind of prompted you to get into this line of work in the first instance? This time is unlike any other. I mean, I'm sure you can agree. The, the consciousness, the expansion, the growth, the access to all of it, all the information and knowledge is unlike any other time. So for me, I always, growing up, it was all about academics and these kinds of things. The hypnotherapy was very woo-woo and out there. And now it's, it's understanding that actually it's based in science. And we used to believe that our beliefs, our habits, our thoughts were cemented by a certain age. So they're fossilized into our brain. And now we understand that actually our brains are malleable. And so we have malleable brains. We can learn until we die. And another thing is that genetics is, it used to be that your genetics predetermined your destiny. And now they're saying 50% is, you know, your genetics. And then 50% is all up to you. So that is very exciting. I mean, it's like once you figure out, well, wow, I can actually change and grow and I don't have to adhere to what the beliefs of my, my parents are or the genetics of my parents. And I can expand and grow into who I am and make the choice to do something different. And with RTT therapy, it's, it's, it's a faster result. It's a faster way to get there because 90% of our actions, our thoughts, our habits are done within the subconscious. So it is the way to get there faster. And so that is what got me very excited. And it's really interesting because the sense of that we are more conscious now, there's much more awareness of this type of work and how impactful and important it can be to release past conditioning and yeah. to release ourselves from those habits and behavioral ways that sometimes some of those belief systems that actually don't really belong to us that we we take on. And I suppose through that conditioning, how that can then shape our lives. And if yeah. we're in an opportunity to, as you said, speed things up by taking more responsibility and actually understanding that we can change our perspective, we can let go of that past conditioning, then we can live definitely a healthier and more vibrant life. Yes. Yes, absolutely. That really is. It's the taking the ownership, isn't it? So it's the the power, taking your power back. As a child, we have no power. or We definitely don't understand that we have any power. We're trying to get clothed and shelter and food. So we just do what we need to do to survive. And then also we start to believe, well, it must be me. I mean, I can remember many times where I was like, well, you know, I, when my father would like shake his head and I would take that and imbue meaning into that as, 
it's me. I'm not enough. I'm not smart. He's disappointed. I'm a letdown. And then take that into the, the rest of my life. And all maybe he was doing was he was tired. He was exhausted. He had a bad day. He worked. Whatever the case may be, the meaning was so strong in that situation for me that then that, you know, changed the results of the rest of my life and going back and realizing that, oh, maybe that wasn't it. Maybe I am smart enough. Maybe that's not the truth of the situation. So it's all about the meaning we give to an event. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. It's really helpful actually just to set the scene around that. So I'm wondering, when we talk about reconnecting with your inner child, how can we help people with understanding what this is all about? Can you share more about that sense of reconnection? So reconnecting with your inner child, for me, it's there's two aspects to it. So there's the there's one where we go back into your childhood and examine the childhood wounds. So it would be, you know, an unmet need where we feel, you know, we felt unseen, unheard, unacknowledged, and healing that aspect. But also there's the reconnection with the joy, the love, the calling, the purpose. There's so many people that are lost in what they're supposed to do or what value they have to add to the world because they've lost that childlike curiosity, the joy, the love. And we can also go back and find the happiness and where it was lost. So where some sort of belief came up where I had a session with a girl who their family, her family was saying she wanted to be an artist and her family was like, no, 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 no. That's not what our family does. We're doctors. We're lawyers. This is what we do. So then She's mis- she's a doctor, a very successful doctor, but she's miserable because she always knew that she was supposed to be an artist. So even going back to the happy times and the joyous times, finding that beautiful connection to what brought you that immense bliss and immense joy. So there's this two, those two, and I guess that's a healing as well, but there's the two aspects of where did we feel like we weren't acknowledged and we had an unmet need? And then where was it that we found our purpose, calling and joy? And that sense of being lost with that lack of those needs not being met, as you said, you can take those with you and carry those all the way into your adult life and beyond and and can restrict us in so many ways, knowing that we've got so much potential and, and so forth that we don't necessarily always tap into. So it's really interesting that you talk about that, which I think is lovely, this sense of joy that we perhaps have lost. Because, you know, when you think about playing as a child... Mm. You know, you don't have any limitations. Mm-hmm. You know, all you want to do is you'd probably be playing with your friends or playing outside with whatever. You have this sense of freedom. And mm. again, as we get older, we kind of lose that aspect and that side to ourselves. So much of that childlike curiosity. We take things so seriously. And I am I also do this. Where I forget to just like relax. <laughs> you know, like relax. It's okay. Just have fun with it. It's not all so serious. And I, and I, I can also be very obsessed with the work. So that's also like where I have to, you know, we get, we get into like our modes of like, what else can I learn and peel back and as a, and just kind of as opposed to allowing. As a child, you just were so present and so in the moment. And we lose that sense of presence and being in the moment as well. 
And there's so much talk, isn't there, at the moment about being in the moment and being mm. present and, and that sense of consciousness, conscious living in many ways, being aware and mindful about what we're doing. And I think we can get trapped into those patterns where you say where perhaps we become a little bit too serious mm-hmm. or too focused. And I'm also a meditation and mindfulness teacher as well. Mm. And, you know, it's certainly when I'm teaching my students, we talk about that most of us spend our time thinking about past thoughts or future thoughts. We don't mm. really spend a lot of time in the moment and that's really where we can get a lot of joy and also a lot of peace oh god yes (laughs) so much (laughs) if we can just silence silence all the past and future thoughts yes absolutely and and i love what you do because it really is a practice it just is you just you know knowing that it doesn't because people will say well why am i not healed yet I don't know. Like <laughs> it's a journey. This is a journey and just enjoy the journey. Love it. Embrace it. Yeah, Learn absolutely. from it. So yeah, I yeah, love that. Absolutely. So I know when we've been talking, you said that actually hypnotherapy changed your life. Would you mind sharing how this has influenced you to now do this work? Oh, yes. So much. The hypnotherapy has completely changed my life for myself. I mean, it's, it was the recognition. It was going back into my childhood having the recognition and the self-awareness of what is driving my limiting beliefs and my patterns, going back to those childhood wounds and also embracing that the triggers, the shadow, the sadness is really just kind of understanding that there's some sort of need not being met. What is this unmet need? And now as an adult, from the perspective of an adult, as opposed to a child, I can now meet my own need. And that has changed me profoundly because knowing that I have the power to change, you know, my happiness, my happiness is mine. I I take ownership. I take responsibility for it. And I'm no longer going to put my happiness in other people's hands. And so having that control, that clarity, understanding that I can now meet my own needs, Mm -hmm. huge for me. And in terms of then how now you live your life, how do you feel in that sense of really listening to your needs and attending to those needs? In my life today, that's the beauty of triggers. It's taking stock. So as opposed to just sort of propelling forward and being out of control, if I can find myself feeling small or feeling contracted or feeling not enough or not important, I know that there's something to be learned. So when I have a trigger, if I have sadness, I will try to understand where that's coming from. It's not always perfect. There's times where I want to do whatever, you know, everyone else does is numb out and watch TV, eat a lot of food, push it down, repress, repress. But I also know that as a child, the majority of my childhood was because I was the sensitive child and many healers are the sensitive child. It was like, you're too much. You're so dramatic. Stop feeling your feelings. Your feelings are wrong. So I started doing that. I started being like, okay, well, these feelings are wrong. So let's just repress them. Let's push them down. And now I try not to do that. I try to just allow and try not to punish myself and feel like I'm wrong about it. Take those triggers and understand what is it that I have to learn from this. Because if I don't, I can ruin relationships. I can ruin a whole day as opposed to taking stock into what it is that I absolutely have control over, which is myself, my needs, and my whatever trigger is happening where I can listen to that. That's Does amazing. That make sense? 
Yeah, that was like perfect sense. Way. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No, absolutely. And it's really great to it's really great to hear that because you know we all suffer through our lives through limiting beliefs, mm. self doubt, triggers. You know, it could be imposter syndrome, could be all sorts of different yes. things that we might kind of kind of bring to the table as 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 we move it from adolescence into adulthood in particular. And and what you've just shared there is really is a, is a great technique, which is take a moment, take a breath. Don't ignore or kind of push down the emotions that you're feeling or the triggers and actually address them. And by doing that, you can actually have a better day. You might not have the ideal day, but you'll certainly Mm. have a better day. And I love what you said there is, what can I learn from this? And I think it's a great way to approach some of those challenges that we face as adults. As opposed to beating ourselves up and making ourselves wrong, and which is what I did for the majority of my life. Ugh, it must be, you know, there's something wrong with me. Yeah, absolutely. I can concur with that. Um, I, I, I very much have spent most of my life thinking, what have I done wrong? You know, actually... <laughs> And then you realize, oh, well, maybe it's not my fault. Maybe, you know, I'm actually not that wrong after all. (laughs) But you can question it. And it does actually, for me, it had a big impact on my confidence, self-esteem, and just really how I showed up in the world. Yes. You know? Yes. Yeah, so it's fascinating. So on, on your website, you say that, you know, your mission is to help others understand that success, abundance and freedom from pain is available to everyone. And it's such a powerful statement. I just wondered what comes up for you when you hear that now and how true that is really to the work that you're doing. It's very, very true. And I've sort of expanded that as I've done more and more work. I'm realizing that um, a big part of my mission as well is to not only step into my own worth and my own true power, but then to facilitate that for others where they are stepping into their own worth and their own true power. And by doing that, you realize that everything is available to you. So people will really truly believe unconsciously that love is not available to me. Freedom is not available to me. Abundance is not available to me. And it's so um, crucial to understand that nothing is, there's no limitations. The only limitation is what you have placed into your mind. And so releasing that and empowering those beliefs to know that it is all available to you. Whatever you want in life is yours. There's no um, limitations whatsoever. I think it's brilliant and really agree with what you're saying. So if you don't mind, just for those people that are listening, how would you help somebody or to help them develop that self-worth and this sense of their true power? How would you go about working with somebody to help them do that? When we're children, we're helpless. So... When you go back, like I said, there's the only thing that matters is the meaning that you give to an event. So when you're a child, you are dependent on authorities and you're dependent on your parents and caregivers. So there's a feeling of helplessness, of powerlessness. So when we go back in your subconscious and figure out where was it that you felt the most helpless and then allowing them to have their voice and speak up for themselves, speak up for that child that was them. And a lot of times within sessions, I'll even say, like, would you ever allow that, you know, that to happen to your daughter? Would you ever allow that to happen? And they will be like, hell no. And I love that. Or your, you know, your best friend or your niece. And when they're say, you know, absolutely not. Exactly. So why would you allow that to happen to you? You are that little girl. Look at that little girl and you embrace her and you protect her. And that really fuels people from within. 
It's, it's a beautiful awakening to, I am so mean to myself, yet I would never do that to my best friend, to my sister, to my daughter. And so why would I do it to myself? And gaining that power, that voice is everything, is speaking up for that little girl, understanding that you are now an adult and you can take ownership of that power. You have the power to change and expand and only you have that power. Yeah. You can see how excited I get. <laughs> no, I'm so passionate about it. It's fantastic. And I think there's something really lovely in giving yourself permission to accept yourself and be compassionate with yourself. Oh, and, love that. And over time to kind of fall back in love with yourself. Because mm. as a child, you most probably loved everything. You know, we enjoyed ourselves. We didn't necessarily have the same, as I said, the same kind of strains and stresses that we then take with us but this sense of compassion and coming back yeah to that being kind to yourself Mm. more than anything else and as you said release those judgments and that negative self-talk and and invite yeah befriend yourself again yeah and that really that's it it's just embracing that little girl or that little boy who so desperately needed someone to see them, hear them, acknowledge them. And now it's your turn. It is your turn. You can't depend on anyone else to do that. And that's the beauty. It does give that sense of compassion, that sense of of kindness, of power, of really truly accepting yourself, like you said, as you are. And that sense of empowerment is really freeing. Oh, it does mean that so you good. can just let go. <laughs> <laughs> it literally turns me on and fuels me from within. It's just so good. It's why in my sessions, I am like so hardcore within my sessions. Like I get, I get so excited, so passionate because watching that unfold is so gorgeous. And it's such a beautiful process to allow someone to speak their mind, speak their voice, stand up for themselves, especially for people that have never had a voice. And sometimes, you know, they, I'm hard on them. I make, I push because I'm like, this is not, you are no longer that person. So let's step into it. And I know that that is my purpose and calling is absolutely facilitating people to step into their worth and power. You've obviously done lots of training uh, throughout your career to get you to where you are today. So I'm curious as around who's influenced you, who has been your teachers along the way that have supported you? I would really say that my mother was incredibly strong and resilient. And I do believe that I learned so much from her because she, and unfortunate, but she put herself last within our family. And kind of seeing that, and though that maybe wasn't her, you know, the way that she was trying to teach me, it taught me that you can't do that, that you have nothing left at the end of the day when that happens. But this is a woman who is incredibly strong and resilient and never didn't get up the next day and do what she had to do to, you know, survive. I personally saw that as, okay, I don't want to survive. I want to thrive. <laughs> I I get that. I see that. But the strength and resilience of her um, really taught me a lot. And um, my father, my father, you know, I don't, he's not as emotionally available. He is vastly different from myself. Um, He's an engineer. Uh, He is literally a rocket scientist. So when people say it's not rocket science, I'm like, that's my father. Um, So in terms of emotional intelligence, I love him dearly. If he hears this, he'll be like, I have emotional intelligence. He's just not as available emotionally. But 
the teaching that he gave me to have continued seeking of knowledge in life is everything to continually read, expand, take classes, continue to get education, school yourself, learn, look it up. That was a very big teaching for me in my life as well. And then of course, Marissa Peer, my mentor and the creator of RTT Therapy and her absolute brilliance. Um, I also love Joe Dispenza and Bruce Lipton and their work with epigenetics. Uh, Tom Bilyeu, Lisa Bilyeu, the creators of Impact Theory, and really anyone that has a YouTube channel that, you know, instills love and light or a podcast such as yourself, love and light and knowledge and growth. That's my jam all day, every day playing it. (laughs) I'm a little (laughs) obsessed. (laughs) I think it can get me into trouble because I'm always like, what does this mean? I have to find what it means. (laughs) Why am I doing this action? (laughs) You know, like it gets, I have to get out of my head in that way. It's very funny. It's so interesting because the work that you do in terms of reconnecting with your inner child and that sense of actually also seeing in your parents those amazing qualities because sometimes I suppose when we lose ourselves, we might not see those are qualities that we've gained from our parents equally as much as maybe some of that conditioning as well. So it's lovely that you're bringing some of that stuff out in in your conversation today. So I know through the work you've done on yourself, you've learned to trust yourself. Mm. And I'm, I'm wondering, was there any pivotal moment in your life where you thought, hey, hang on a minute, I really need to listen and trust my intuition here? Oh God, so many. (laughs) It's hilarious. I don't know how other people function in terms of like their body giving them signals and clues, but my body is aggressive. Like it will tell me, you know, it will give me pain. It will give me, it will make, you know, shrink me up. If I'm in the presence of a situation or someone that's not good for me, I will get so small, feel so not enough. My whole body will hurt. Um, but the pivotal moment for me, I mean, there's been so, gosh, so many, but a very, very large one for me was I was in a relationship and bless him. It's not his fault. It was me. My mother had passed and I was in a relationship where I did not want to process her death. And so I sort of shut down and numbed out and repressed all the feelings from that. I repressed, repressed, repressed. I was not in a loving relationship. It felt very lonely. I felt very numb, disconnected, but my body kept telling me and I would hurt. So my stomach would hurt and hurt and just hurt. I I could eat a green bean and it would hurt. And eventually that turned into a colon twist, which is called a vulvulus, which is the most excruciating pain. I mean, it it is so intense. And I almost died. I went to the emergency room. They absolutely saved my life. And I knew that I had to make some changes. So my body's aggressive. Like, it's like, I don't know how other people listen to their intuition, but you, whenever you're feeling small or uh, feeling like you are not enough or you're shrinking or there's a pain, it is some sort of indication that something's not right. And I knew that. I, it's not that I wasn't aware. I mean, I knew. I knew that I was repressing, that I wasn't dealing with my emotions. And it got me into a lot of trouble. So if someone's listening to this and you're in a relationship where you don't feel seen or heard or acknowledged or you are in a a grief state and you're not processing, it will catch up to you. And it's not to scare you or to do anything where you feel fear about it. It's to 
be able to just listen and really truly try to process as much as possible so that you don't get into a dire situation of life and death. And it's unfortunate that those are the wake up moments for us. It sometimes goes to that extreme, and I'm so glad that you you got through all that. Oh my god! (laughs) Two weeks in the hospital, like it was crazy. Yeah, Yeah, I can imagine. But it is so true that this sense of listening to your body, because those stresses, those repressions, all the things that we shove back down inside, will eventually show up in our physicality, and that could even be less serious things than yours, but such as even a a bad back or a sore neck or a sore shoulder or migraines or it can show up in so many different ways and and that's a really good insight I think to share with everybody yes yes listen listen (laughs) pay pay attention pay attention yeah we don't listen so much and, and maybe we need to pay much more attention to what's really going on yeah so through obviously that was kind of a very and quite significant pivotal moment in your journey and yes. your life journey so far so I'm wondering has your definition of success changed oh <laughs> yes <laughs> yes yes that is a big yes so consciously I I was going through my life and really hustling and feeling like okay I'm hustling and I'm doing the things because this is what we do in life I'm creating my own business and my I didn't consciously know that in the reality I was trying to survive. It was just, it was not thrive. There were moments of joy, but it was really, truly trying to get through the day, survive, get it to the next day. And looking, it was always looking for who's going to hurt me. Now, I didn't, you would never know that because I'm very joyous and I'm loving and and you would never know that this wall was completely up constantly for who's going to hurt me? Who's going to hurt me? And I don't mean like who's going to backstab me or who's right. It was just, who's going to, I can't give so much. I can't, I don't, I don't want to give so much love because if I do, they're just going to hurt me and leave me or whatever the case may be. So there was always sort of a, an invisible wall that I didn't always consciously know that I had because I was in constant protection mode. And I, I think a lot of women, probably a lot of men as well, but I do talk to a lot of women that are in, the feeling of I need to feel safe, I need to feel protected. And so then we are in survival mode as opposed to present. We're just in constant survival mode. So now today I see fears and weaknesses as teaching tools, where before I saw saw them as weaknesses or or things that um, are abnormal. And it's it's the success that I feel or my, my definition of success is to have a spiritual path, walk the spiritual path, and to absolutely take life as a never-ending learning experience, each and every day as a never-ending learning experience. And just knowing that as I go through the world, that I truly, truly do see the people in front of me as absolute reflections of myself. And seeing that, it gives me so much communion because feeling that, the divine, the spirit, and it sounds so woo-woo, but, and I, and by the way, this used to sound super hokey to me when people would say this stuff. I'd be like, what? And because I was so far away from it. So someone's listening and they're like, ugh, this like all is love and, right? It feels very, when you're very far away from it, it feels unreal. It doesn't even feel like it's a, it's a real thing that you can grasp, but it truly is 
Everything is love. We are all the same. We are a collective. And as soon as you get to that point, all you want to do is serve. And it is the truth. And it used to sound so incredibly, so hokey to me. So it's interesting that that switch has now happened. And by the way, I'd heard it a million times before. And I was like, I don't get it. Like, how do you get to that point? And you will. You certainly will. And I think that sense of trusting that path that you're yes. on. And, you know, I've heard so many times that as humans in our lifetime, you know, most of us tend to live our lives below the line. So kind of really led by fear or yeah. vulnerability, concern, and that sense of how you describe you putting up the wall around you, whether it's invisible wall, you know, to protect ourselves. And I think so many, I've done it. I know that you've done it. So many other people I know do it. And then being able to allow that wall to come down over time and to just allow yourself to move above that line where you are more present, you're more connected, you have a a greater sense of connection to something bigger than self, as you just described so beautifully there. And I think you're right, it does sound a bit hokey and a bit odd when when you're not there. Yes. If you you trust that you are part of something bigger and you belong to something bigger, then you can allow, invite that more into your life, I suppose. Oh, I love that. It really is. Because each time that I know that within your profession and mine, I know that as I heal one, I'm healing the collective because that person is then going to take that healing and in, in, instill it into someone else. And then that person's going to go through, right? So it's like, it, I'm going to come to you in love and forgiveness and acceptance. And so that by doing that, you are then, you know, you are raising the collective consciousness one by one. Of course, I'd like to take it and expand it, but it's, it really is that, that small, those little, little, you know, you think that each person is just one person, but oh man, that one person is exactly what you said. I love that. It's a part of something bigger and it's very exciting. (laughs) I I love it too. It's that whole kind of, it's that ripple effect. Yes, that's it. I love that description, the ripple effect. Yes. Oh, I'm really enjoying talking to you. And I wondered, just as we draw our conversation to a close, I've been asking all of my guests the same questions just to wrap up our conversation. The first question, and I think you might have shared this, but out of everything you've learned so far on your journey, is there any other key lesson that you could share with our listeners? Two, two things. Forgiveness. Forgiveness is one of the keys. So learning to forgive yourself. Forgive whatever you did in the past. Forgive it because once you can allow yourself to understand that you did the best you could with what you had, once you can forgive that, you can move on. So forgiveness is huge. Forgiving myself was huge, huge, huge. And also the the aspect of we are all the same All of us have the same underlying feelings of pain and rage and fear of death, and they're common to us all. And you're not alone. I used to think I was so different and weird, and I would feel sad, and I'd feel like I was on this island where no one could understand, no one got me. And realizing because of society we're we're taught that sadness and darkness and you know is is something to be feared it's weak it's abnormal and it's just not it is the reality of everyone it is the human condition it's okay to be sad because we all feel that 
and knowing that that we are all the same and we've just lost that connection uh coming back around to that knowing that we're all the same there's these new levels of joy and lightness and sense of connection that i lost for many many years in my heart and it is the only way it's supposed to be so those two forgiveness and that we are all the same yeah right for sure absolutely it's interesting as you're speaking there because it just triggered something within me and when i was taught and to be you know meditation teacher my tutor at the time said you know jillian life should be lived like the flow of the sacred river Oh, you know, but most of us swim against right. against the tide. We swim upstream. And it really resonated with me because life, actually, we should live our lives in flow. That's what we're meant to be doing. Mm. So this sense of forgiveness and appreciating that we are all the same can help us really move into more of that, move away and go with the flow rather than swimming against the current all the time. I love it's that. Lovely. And it really is, I feel that this this sense that that you can't be sad it's such a bizarre i don't know when that happened where people were like you know don't feel the feelings don't be sad don't be sad for too long it makes you weird it makes you abnormal as opposed to just okay i'm sad and today i'm sad and i'm gonna embrace that and i'm gonna embrace the shadow and i'm gonna learn from it and understand it and then i'm gonna also forgive myself for it and know that this is everyone's like that it's like this weird it's like we feel like we're a burden and we can't speak about it and that we're abnormal and and that is also going against the flow if you feel sad feel it just go with it allow surrender to it and just go with it understand it process it and choose again (laughs) just choose something else and so that's i love that the flow oof i love that word we're human beings, right? We're going to have a wobble in our lives. Yes. And I know I have my wobbles. <laughs> and, I'm not, I'm not, and I know you have yours too, because we yes. all do. So <laughs> when you do have those wobbles, what do you say to yourself to get yourself back on track? Well, I just, you know, I have wobbles all the time. And I love that you <laughs> call them wobbles. There's, that's actually, it. I love the word wobble. And, and that's new for me. So hearing that wobble, um, because it actually, it, it, makes it a little bit it lessens it right like it's not so detrimental okay i had a wobble yeah. like oh i'm back <laughs> you know um i've already had a wobble this week and it's only wednesday so <laughs> so what i do tell myself is nothing is permanent it's okay i can have my wobble i don't need to judge it i don't need to punish myself i don't need to beat myself up or make myself wrong or bad for it and just allow it just okay i had a wobble we all do it's okay and to just move on move forward learn from it i say that a lot but i say it a lot because it's not just that you have a wobble it's like taking the moment like you said taking the breath and understanding like why why did I have this wobble? Oh, okay, because I was in a situation where I felt dismissed and that didn't feel good. So I should probably address that with that person because they may not even know that that's how, you know, what happened or what I'm feeling. Yeah. And that's a big thing too. give someone the opportunity to uh, hear that and probably defend themselves. There's a lot of times things are just big misunderstanding. Mm -hmm. And we get into our head and tell ourselves a story. Oh, well, they dismiss me. They must not respect me. They must not like me. Mm -hmm. And just sort of 
just knowing that, okay, we can, and you don't always have to say to the person, but just know that that is what happened. It's a wobble. It's okay. You're okay. Move on. Lovely. That's what I tell myself. Very hardcore. Very hardcore sometimes. (laughs) Similar to me too. I really love that. Thank you. And just finally, I know you've given lots of advice to our listeners and shared your story so beautifully today, but if there was one piece of advice you could give to our listeners who perhaps have lost their connection or trust in themselves, Mm. what would you say to them? Well, I would say that you know, their connection and intuition is never lost. Um, and that it's never too late. And the, you know, the psychological and the spiritual healing are, you know, very intricately, intricately connected. So thoughts are things. And once you can understand that it's all about just changing the thoughts, um, and learning to, if you can't trust, just know that you can trust yourself because if you are listening to this podcast, then you've done something right because you're still here. So that's it. You're here. And so knowing, okay, I'm still here. I've done something right in my life. And you certainly know that, okay, okay, if, I, if I've gotten to this point, then I can trust myself. I can trust myself enough to trust others. and. To, ha- to have the courage to make a different choice, to reconnect, get like do the mindfulness things, have a daily practice, tune in with that, and to understand that there's no control over anything but yourself and how you choose to respond and react, and you can trust that. And so you can't control anything else in the world. We know that, especially after this past year with COVID, nothing is in your control, but the only thing you can control is you. And so trust that, choose you. Yeah, fabulous. That's just amazing. I love that. Choose to respond, not to react and choose you. Amazing. Ty, thank you so very much. I've just really loved talking to you. It's been really insightful and you're definitely thriving. Your energy is just beautiful. So thank you for sharing that with myself and all those who are going to be listening to this podcast. Thank you, Jillian. You are just a joy. And this conversation has been such a beautiful conversation. I'm so, so thankful and grateful to have you in my life, my darling. you for listening today. If you enjoyed this podcast episode, it would mean the world to me if you would leave a review and subscribe to be notified each week of new episodes. Until next time, stay well, invite joy and curiosity into your life. Mm-hmm.